one of the first things that I noticed about the college that I attended was the fact that it had bells. Bong, 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 bong. Bong, 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 bong. Bong, 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 bong. Okay, you've, you've, got, you've heard it too. It would ring every quarter hour, and that's how you knew if you heard the quarter hour one, bong, 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 you needed to book it to class, you, you know, because the bells kind of cued you into the passage of time. At 6 p.m., those bells would do something different. They would ring the hour, bong, bong. And then when it was done ringing the hour, it would play hymns. You've never, uh, you've never heard there's power in the blood until you've heard it on the clarion or whatever that is in the clock tower that's going bong, 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 Like, it's insane. I had to have my Lutheran friend that I met at college explain to me, Max, that's called Vespers. Vespers is a call to evening prayer, typically at sunset or around 6 p.m. For a long time, Christians used bells to announce prayer. And they would do this three times a day, in the morning, in the midday, and in the evening. Bong, 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 right? They stole the idea from the Jews who prayed, guess how many times? Three times during the day. In the morning, at midday or noon, and in the evening. You're picking up on this. Okay, three times a day they would pray. And now, one of the cool things that I got to be as a kid, now Christians and Protestants uh, would ring bells to call people to pray, but over time, Protestants stopped that practice. And Protestants only rang their bells to announce that worship services were starting. So when I was a kid back in the 1970s, the bell meant that the service was about to begin. And as, as a kid, you could be the bell ringer, which was awesome because you walked into the front doors of the First Baptist Church, and there, right at the left, was this giant rope that came out of the ceiling. And, and as a kid, this would be a great job for like Zeke Pike, right? You, if, you were, if you didn't weigh enough, you would have one of the ushers help you pull it down, and then woo, you'd ride all the way up to the ceiling. And one of the goals was to see if you could tap the ceiling on your way up, ringing the bell, okay? And so I got to be a bell ringer. Now, you may not know this. This is part of your history, but Christians in churches had to employ bell ringers. And these would be the people that would ring the bells how many times a day? three times a day to announce a call to prayer. Bong, bong. By the time we got to the 1500s, uh, bell ringers, the cost to employ them could become a significant proportion of the church's budget, like one out of every $4 is paying your bell ringers, right? I mean, it's insane what was going on. Think about it. If you're spending one out of every $4 to pay someone to ring a bell to call people to pray, is that important? Yeah, clearly they thought it was important, okay? Now, 
About that same time, in the 1400s and 1500s, monks began to develop a mechanical device that would tell time and that would ring the bells mechanically. Do you know what the Latin word for bell is? Clocca. That's the Latin word for bell. In other words, that thing on your wrist was developed by monks who wanted to make sure that you knew it was time to pray. Oh, how far we've come. <laughs> how far we've come. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, bong, bong, right? Now, you and I live at a day and a time without bells. We don't have bells. There's no dong, dong calling you to pray. There's, there's none of that. And uh, there's no point in the day where everyone stops to pray. Now, if you go to a predominantly Muslim country, they still do that. They have, a, I don't know if it's called a minaret, but they have a prayer tower. And at the top of their prayer tower, they typically have about 15 of the biggest speakers you can get from Radio Shack and a, and a cord that goes down. And at the bottom is the muhadim. Now, I would make a terrible muhadim. But these guys are oft sometimes paid, and it's live. They don't do a recording that's considered bad. So, and you know when it's time to pray. You can't miss it if you're in a predominantly Muslim country. It's like, boom, oh, time to pray, time to stop, right? And so we don't have anything like that, not in America. I mean, if you're lucky, you'll get Vespers at 6 o'clock. There's power in the blood on, on handbells. And that's it. In America, it's go, 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 go. Run, 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 run. No stopping, uh, no shutting everything down for a moment to pray. So if, I, if I'm going to say something to you today, it's simply this. Talk to God throughout the day. Not just once, but like talk to him throughout the day. And a good practice is you could use morning, noon, and evening. You could do the three-time-a-day thing that people have used for thousands of years, but talk to God throughout the day. So I'm going to steal some things from Rick Warren, who recommends like seven different things. That's more than the fingers I have in one on hand, so I've condensed it to three things because I can't remember that much. Um, so in the morning, in the morning, in your morning connect-up, dial-up with God prayer time, get up with gratitude. Now, I need to preach to myself for a moment, but you can listen in. This is do as I say, not as I do. Get up in the morning with gratitude. You can get up groggy, grumpy, grousing, groaning, or you can get up with gratitude. The Jews, it, during Jesus' day, would hear the rooster and say, blessed is he who has given the cock understanding distinguished between day and night. As they were getting dressed, they would say, blessed is he who clothes the naked. And sometimes other people would be like, amen. <laughs> okay. So they had this idea of gratitude in the morning. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 4, he says, what do you have that God hasn't given you? The answer is nothing. He's given you everything. 
And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? In the morning, take some time to recall all the ways that God's been good to you, um, all the things that God has given you, right? Uh, Doctors, by the way, tell us that the single healthiest emotion that we humans have is gratitude. Gratitude makes you healthier mentally, emotionally, and physically. It's good for your health, and it's a great way to start the day. Get up with gratitude. When you're getting up with gratitude, you're in a better start for the day. I know this is true from firsthand experience, because <laughs> I've gotten up the days with, right? And then, you, you know, the day's chasing you all day. So get up with gratitude. At midday, Midday, when you're having lunch, before lunch, after lunch, is a good time to tell God what you need, to ask for what you need, and ask for what people need. Um, So pull out that list that you're keeping in your back pocket or your front pocket or the app on your phone. You don't need to spruce it up. You don't need to bedazzle it. You don't need to King James it. Just ask. What would it be like to start the afternoon with a little more peace knowing that you've handed over to God what you need. It could be a game changer for the afternoon. Ask God for what you need. Midday is a great day for that. In the evening, the evening time is a good time for reflection. It's a good time to forgive and ask forgiveness. Chances are, during the day, you didn't live up to what you wanted to be or accomplish what you had hoped to accomplish. You fell a little short. Some of you were a little short to your husband, to your wife, to your kids, to your coworkers, to your friends on the bus. Ask God for forgiveness and extend forgiveness to others. When you do that, it liberates you. It frees you up from guilt and tons of negative emotions. I had a buddy of mine who literally was paralyzed by guilt for two years. He wouldn't ask God's forgiveness. He'd be like, how are you doing? I feel terrible. Why? God's mad at me. <laughs> Why don't you ask him to? I, he, he won't. I can't. Like two years of his life with this giant anvil on him everywhere he went. Like, that is not a way to live. And then when somebody's hurt you or said or done things to you, right, and you're mad at them and you want vengeance and you won't forgive them, it's every bit as miserable, isn't it? When you see them, when they make the Facebook post and you're like, burn in hell, right? (laughs) You know, you have these thoughts because... There's no forgiveness. Forgiveness liberates you, okay? Um, I want to share a few passages of why this is so important and why in the evening is a good time to forgive. The first comes from Matthew chapter 18. Uh, Peter came up to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times, Peter's being generous. He thinks, wow, I'm going to go the full Monty here. I should probably forgive him seven times, boss, right? Aren't I a good Jew? And what does Jesus say? No, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. 
what? And then he tells the story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars he couldn't pay. So the master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please, please be patient with me. I'll pay it all. His master was filled with pity and released him and forgave his debt. Well, when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed the guy by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were what? Upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid the entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So see how powerful and important this is? The good news, of course, the Bible tells us if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will what? Forgive us. There's no holding by the throat. When we repent and confess and repent, God forgives. And the Bible also makes it very clear that it's more than just that. Isaiah chapter uh, 43, verse 25 says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake, and I will never think of them again. I'm married. I have no idea what this concept is. But it sounds amazing to me, right? To not remember an offense. To be like, you did what? I'm sorry. I can, I'm having a hard time recalling that. That's what God says in scripture. Hebrews 10 puts it this way. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so, for he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their hearts, I'll write them on their minds, and he says, I'll remember their sins and lawless deeds. I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there's no need to offer any more sacrifices. Three times a day, in the morning, get up with a little gratitude. I'm telling you, it'll be a boost in your step. Around lunchtime, before or after, don't just fill your gut at lunch, fill your soul. What do you, tell God what you need. Tell God what other people in your life need. And enter the afternoon free, know that, okay, it's God's problem now. I've told you the story about my painter friend. I loved him. He had beat up cars all the time. And when he would pray, when his car was broken, this is what he would pray. I loved it. God, your van needs a new transmission. I can't get to my jobs to make money without that van. So I don't know what you're going to do about your van, but I need to eat. <laughs> his van always seemed to miraculously get repaired. It was the weirdest thing. Okay, so... Uh, in the noon, tell God what you need. And in the evening, when you've had a chance to reflect on the day, God, I blew it in these ways. And you know what? These people are turkeys, <laughs> but I'm going to forgive them. 
I'm going to forgive them. Uh, questions to reflect on. What are some things God has given you this week? If you're here, he's giving you life itself. What do you need today? Forget about tomorrow. What do you need today? And then what hurtful things have been said or done to you that you need to forgive? And what are hurtful and, and uh, uh, things that have been said that you have said or done to others that you need to ask forgiveness for? Morning, midday, evening, three times a day, just like the Jews, just like the Christians, uh, only without the bell tower going bong, bong. Although those of you with Apple phones, I'm sure you can get the little chime thing to start bong, bong. And then your friends will be like, what is that? It's time to pray. Shut up. <laughs> right? This is how, when I, take, uh, when I take a day at my lake office, as I'm driving out of town, I have a ton of, God, thank you so much. Thank you for this vehicle that's getting me to the lake. Thank you for this amazing day. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. for. And I'm aware of all these things in my life. Throughout the day, I'm sorry, but y'all come to mind a lot. God for Bill, God for Don, God for, you know, and I'm uh, going to bat. God, here's what you need to do for these people. Come on, come on. <laughs> Toward the end of the day, I'm, I'm keenly aware, and it's almost always, I, I hate the way that God, I married Jenny so that I could be happy, and God had me marry Jenny so that I could be holy. And there's all this stuff that always, God, I need to do this, I should tell Jenny I'm sorry for blah, blah, blah. Like, it comes up, okay? So I'm just saying three times a day is a great way to go about it. If you're, if, if you're still relatively unconvinced about prayer, I would love to see you uh, read the Psalms regularly. Uh, and if that's not a practice that you're doing right now, I would strongly encourage you to do this. I don't know if you know this, but the Psalms have basically been an instruction manual on prayer for hundreds and hundreds of years. I try to go through the Psalms regularly because it captures everything that you think and feel. It's the weirdest thing. There's only 150 chapters or 150 psalms, but they've got the full gamut of emotion that we have and experience. God, you're awesome. God, you suck. You know, it's all in there in the psalms. And so I want to close today with a prayer of the psalm. I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I'll sing your praises before the gods. I'll bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they'll sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me.